0: You ready? 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 One job!
1: for uh, sports of all kinds, pretty much, for the entire duration of the show. Uh, once again, a reminder to anybody who is interested, we are starting up Games Gridiron. The signings will be, or the sign I should say, will start on Monday, and uh, Monday the 22nd. And if you haven't done so yet, uh, feel free to join us in Sports Whispers by going to Facebook, search Sports Whispers, uh, sign up, and will uh, you'll be able to you'll be able to join everybody in Sports Whispers that's basically talking all about sports pretty much every single day. Uh, some other reminders: obviously, this upcoming Thursday we will have the. Challenge recap show returning after a week off this week. Uh, also, Friday night will be the Big Brother 24 recap podcast, uh, which of course we held just last night. But we do have sports to cover here tonight. Uh, Lou, well, uh, welcome to tonight's show. Uh, there's quite a bit that we need to get to because. Uh, We do, I I mean, we might as well start off right at the very beginning here. Uh, We do have a solution to the Deshaun Watson uh, story. Yes, we do. It has been officially agreed on by both parties that Deshaun Watson will be suspended for 11 games with a $5 million fine. As a copy of the agreement between both the NFL and the Players Association surfaced on Twitter earlier this week, which a Pro Football Talk source indicated was the real deal. So the ruling indicates that his 11-game suspension will officially begin after final roster cutdown, which is, you know, after the uh, final preseason game, basically. Uh, he will be eligible for reinstatement on November 28th, just in time for him to face off against his old, his old team, the Houston Texans. Yeah, like this wasn't planned at all. Uh, it was planned. He, you got to think it was planned that way. because oh, absolutely. I, it's, it's something that will, granted Houston sucks, but it will kind of draw eyes for the NFL, because that's one of the major showdowns. You know, the team that Deshaun Watson led for the past couple of years. Now all of a sudden, he comes back to face them.
2: Goodell got what he and wanted. Yeah.
1: Goodell. Well, I shouldn't say he. I, I shouldn't say he really got what he wanted
2: because he wanted an entire season suspension. Well, he only... Well he got more than you know what you know most because you know originally be six, so he did get more um you know he didn't get the whole thing in the whole suspension, but he, he he gave him more games to be suspended by, and it cost him a lot more money. but the thing was that the judge yeah. said that he wouldn't be fined at all, but he was saying he was that fine five million dollars, which for him is yeah, you know, uh big of a deal, but still.
1: It's basically chump change, considering his contract that he has. Yes. Uh, basically, he won't be getting paid for the entire season, though, because, I mean, it's, his, his paycheck is basically a million dollars. That's his base yes. salary for this season. Before it officially kicks into gear next year uh, with his massive his massive contract that he ended up signing with the Cleveland Browns. So it does right. say he gets a five he gets a five million dollar fine, uh, but also a million dollars each from both the Browns and the NFL, along with that five million dollar fine. So seven million dollars total will go into a fund to support the work of nonprofit organizations across the country, according to uh, the agreement that was officially agreed upon. Uh, and it, it, I mean, this basically, we're only going to see him on the field now for six games because of this uh, because of this agreement.
2: And question is, if the Browns are out of contention by the time he does return, do you think he's going to want to come back?
1: You know, considering the fact that he's not really leaving that much on the table by sitting out, I wouldn't be surprised if they just shut if they shut him down. Yeah. uh, To uh, granted, though, you know it's not really good for him to have so much rust from playing or from not playing in competitive football for what two years now. Because of this suspension? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily a good idea for them to be doing that. So maybe perhaps we might see, I assume he's going to stay in football shape throughout this whole thing. Uh, Because he's suspended, though, he won't be, if I recall correctly, he won't be able to be anywhere at the team facilities and whatnot. That's correct. So he basically is going to have to do everything on his own. He won't be able to practice with the team. He won't be able to work out with the team. Uh, everything will have to be done off the, uh, you know, away from, uh, from Cleveland's uh, facilities. Yes. Now, obviously, you know, they wanted an, an indefinite suspension. And from the sounds of things, it was probably well on the way towards that until the judge originally gave him six games. Once the judge right. gave him six games, apparently the idea of an indefinite suspension, there's no way that it would have that it would have gone through because obviously that you know that then means that uh, I mean obviously the the NFL appealed the ruling. Yeah. Do
0: you
3: try All and they,
1: look for an well, indefinite suspension. But yeah. it just you know, it does it, it it doesn't look like uh it was ever gonna be in the cards, Basically. Mm-hmm. So you know I, I I mean obviously let's take a look right now where the Browns stand. I mean, right now, it looks like basically their quarterback depth is going to be Jacoby Brissett as a starter. Uh-huh. I mean, they do have Josh Rosen as well, I believe, that they yes. ended up signing. But, uh, I mean, let's, let's be perfectly honest here. I, I don't really think that they're going to uh, give Josh Rosen the opportunity. Uh, let's face it, Josh yeah. Rosen blew it with uh, with – with Arizona. He absolutely blew it during his time in Arizona. So uh, there's absolutely no way whatsoever that they're going to even entrust Rosen with starting time. At least for set, he started uh, for uh, multiple games with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Actually, as a matter of fact, he started an entire season for the Colts. So you know, there's a, there's just absolutely no way that he actually he has two seasons worth of starting time uh, with the Colts. Uh, he started out of okay. 60 games he's played so far in his career. He started 37 games with a career record of 14 and 23. And however, though a career passing, he's passed for 7,742 yards in his career which is an average of about 6.4 yards per throw, or per catch, I should say. Uh, He's also thrown 36 touchdowns and 17 picks. So it's not exactly – we're not exactly looking at this like he's a shit quarterback. It's it's, it's entirely possible that he was just on shit teams during his time in Indianapolis. And then, of course – of course, we all know what Miami was last year, so that's a whole thing in and of itself. And plus, he does have postseason. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't even say he has postseason experience because the one game that he played, <laughs> he basically made. He basically uh, came in and did a kneel down. That's pretty much all he did during during the postseason. Even though he won the Super Bowl in his rookie right. year as a backup for the Patriots. Uh, However, though, I would be more comfortable with him as opposed to Josh Rosen. Because Mm. you you take a look at at Rosen, and he's been bounced off of team after team after team. He started with Arizona, then he bounced to Miami the next year, then to Tampa Bay and San Francisco the next year after that. He was with Atlanta last year, and now all of a sudden he's jumped onto Cleveland this year. He has career totals of 12 touchdowns and 21 picks through yes. – uh, and, and uh, let me put it this way, actually. The whole 2020 season, he didn't even play. Period. Exactly. Uh, it, you know, the, this for, – uh, for a guy who – Arizona originally traded up, if I recall correctly. They traded up in order to draft him. And yes, he ended up being taken number 10 overall by the Arizona Cardinals back in 2018. And I'll tell you right now, the rookie contract that he signed is easily the, the biggest contract that he will ever sign. Because there's no way in hell Correct. Uh, he's ever making... Let's see. What was he making? There's no way that he's making four million per year any uh, anymore throughout his career. Because this guy no, no. is is going to be basically a guaranteed backup for his entire career if he doesn't wash out of the league entirely. I mean, nice. they made they made such a huge thing out of him breaking uh, Brett Hunley's. A uh, single-season school record uh, of 3,756 yards yards passing in mm. 2017. Back when he was uh, back when he was with the uh, UCLA. You know, it, UCLA. I, I look at his college. I mean, I look at his college numbers, Lou, and they're not really anything to be
2: impressed by. I mean I Not look at, really, no, no. It, you know, you take you
1: take a look at quarterbacks that have come out of the, that have come into the league since then. You know, like a Kyler Murray, a Mac Jones, hell, even a Trey Lance has better numbers in right. college as opposed to as opposed to uh, Josh Rosen. And I I do think that maybe they'll be okay with Jacoby Brissett. I just I don't know where I see yeah. him finishing. Uh, by the I don't time think so it's by the time it's what, week it'll be week thirteen that he's available to be back? Correct. I mean, you take a look at that division. The Bengals, you got obviously. Uh, well, I'm just you know I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. The I Bengals, you it. got Joe Burrow. You got Joe Burrow on the Bengals. You got Kenny Pickett with the Steelers, which, from the sounds of things, it sounds like Pickett is really, really gelling well in training camp so yeah. far. That he's really getting a good grasp on uh, on the professional game. And I mean I I know they're saying that Mitch Trubisky is probably gonna be the starter. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know for how long he'll be uh he'll be starting because let's face it, Trubisky ever since he left Chicago, I mean he, he was a backup for the Bills last year. Trubisky doesn't have that bad of a of a record when it comes to uh passing numbers. So I assume, you know, they're probably gonna stay with with uh the duo of Trubisky and and Pickett and maybe perhaps Pickett ends up uh yeah. somehow you know, somehow overthrowing Trubisky. But Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you just take a look at, at the rest of that division, though. You got the Ravens, you got the Steelers, and you got the Bengals. Three teams that you're going to have to face twice. And let me actually take a look at Cleveland's schedule for this year. With Jacoby, okay, with Jacoby Brissett at, at quarterback, Maybe they could take the Panthers. They face the Panthers week one. That's a toss-up because uh, Matt Rule has yet to disclose who's going to be the starting quarterback for Carolina. Uh, Apparently it's such a hard choice between Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. Uh, No, it's not a hard choice. You choose Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold who sees nothing but ghosts. Uh, Yeah. I mean, that. what do you think about that one, Lou? Do you think that could be potentially a toss-up between Cleveland and Carolina?
2: Oh, I think I'd say it'd be a toss-up.
1: be a very close one. Uh, week two against the Jets, I would probably give that a Cleveland win, especially with, uh, uh, with Zach Wilson know. being out. You don't think so?
2: Well, now, now, wait a second. There is a possibility he might be able to come back. You know, his, his um, progress has been better than most people think. So, um, that's according to the coach, that he might be back in time for the start of the regular season.
1: So, I
2: wouldn't rule it out.
1: Oh, huh, that's weird. That's weird because everybody's been gearing up for Flacco to start week one.
2: Yeah, but Flacco Flacco's old anyway
1: i said I you know, I said that uh to one of my uh to one of my fellow uh New York friends who basically was all giddy about seeing Flacco start against, start week one against his uh against his former team with the Ravens and I told him I said, Dude, Flacco is gonna get absolutely destroyed by that defense. It's it's not even gonna be funny. You know, it's probably it's gonna be no. sad if anything. Uh Yeah, week two, I mean, depending on who they have at quarterback, uh, I'll just leave that one as a toss-up right now. Week three, they face the Steelers. I think that's a definite loss. Yeah. I think that's that's a definite loss. Uh, if, If Watson was starting, it would be a different story. But it's Pittsburgh, so... You know, but from what it looks like, it looks like the era post-Ben Roethlisberger isn't going to be that bad towards Pittsburgh. So, uh, Cleveland is going to have their hands full week three. Week four, they got Atlanta maybe a win. Maybe. Let's face it, Atlanta, Atlanta doesn't have uh, Calvin Ridley this year. Matter of fact. I think they probably have they probably have what, Desmond Ritter as their starter. hmm I think that's who they not that who they took in the uh the quarterback? yeah. They got Desmond Ritter. Mm-hmm. Who else do they have at quarterback? They got Felipe Franks, who right now is, I mean, he's still a backup, if anything. Oh, they got Mariota. So maybe Mariota might be starting.
2: Mariota? Okay.
1: Uh,
2: Honestly, though,
1: taking a look at their wide receiver core without Ridley, I just, yikes. It's it does not look. I, I don't even recognize any of these guys right now. Mm. I mean, it's 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 basketball. I, I I really don't even recognize any of these. You know what? I'm I'm looking at Atlanta at the game against Atlanta as a win for Cleveland. What do you think? Oh uh, wait, repeat that again.
2: Uh, week four against Atlanta. Week four against Atlanta. I don't trust Atlanta that at all, so I think that's going to be a definite win. Uh, week five, they face the Chargers. I think that's an,
1: an automatic loss. Yeah. Week six, you got the Patriots. And let's face it, Bill that's is probably going to outclass. Yeah, I think that's a loss because uh, Bill is definitely – I think he outclassed Stefanski last time they met, if I recall correctly. So,
2: yes,
1: uh, I think you're probably looking at a loss there. Week seven against Baltimore, that's probably a loss.
0: Probably.
1: Oh, week, week eight, you got Cincinnati. That's probably a loss. Week uh week nine they have their bye. So uh week ten they got Miami, which 50 fifty fifty maybe? Or do you think Miami would probably would probably mm-hmm. pull out the win?
2: Can I put the coin on that one?
1: I mean two is gonna be starting. They got they got yeah. Jalen Waddell. They got Tyre. Oh, wait a minute. Never mind. Yeah, that's a Miami win. That's a that's a. Yeah, loss I think you're Cleveland. right. I forgot. The, Probably. I forgot they got Tyree Kill. I completely forgot about that. Um, week eleven, they got Buffalo. Loser. <laughs> they got a murder. Yeah, yeah. They got a murderer's row right now here. Uh, Week 10 and 11. Uh, And week 12, they got Tampa. I mean, come on. It's Brady. You really... Yeah, does anybody really think that uh, Jacoby Brissett is going to upset Tom Brady? I don't think so.
2: Not this lifetime. And then you have
1: Houston week 13. So, it's entirely possible... You could be looking at one one surefire win with two coin flips out of eleven games. I mean, at that, on one hand, you would probably be looking at Cleveland as okay. Do we just Do we just play him so that, uh, you know, Watson can shake off the rust? Or do we sit him and ensure that he doesn't potentially get injured before next season? I think we sit him. I think we sit him. Yeah, that might be the route that they go. So... Uh, it's,
0: Can't I
1: blame him. I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing though it would probably be a different story if Watson was able to play the entire season. I think it would be a much mm-hmm. different story, but I mean the quarterback oh, sure. level, the quarterback level really drops when you go from Watson to Brissett. So correct. Yeah, it's not uh, you know it's it's not a pretty sight, basically. No, not all. So, yeah, because of because of that, uh, Watson now will be unable to uh, return until Week 13, when the Browns take on the Houston Texans. And it looks like this right. game is about to go final with Major League Soccer. The New England Revolution, oh, my God. 4-0 yes. loss to Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. Montreal. It is, uh The hell with that. It's, it's brutal. It's brutal right now. You know, I was. I was watching the game, and honestly, I turned it off by the time it by the time it went to 0 no, By the time it went to no, Right. I said, "It's you know, it's uh, New England. They just and yeah, they're in extra time right now. They're in uh, a one minute of it extra shit time.
2: Shit. So. It was a shit time. It was a shit
1: Yeah, it's." Uh, this game is pretty much uh, is pretty much over. Uh, some of the other games that were on tap okay. today, the uh, the New York Red Bulls they tied uh, Cincinnati one to one,
3: gaining a okay. yeah.
1: much needed point. A much needed point for both sides. Uh, the Philadelphia Union, though, are completely destroying Wayne Rooney's DC United six 0 and that's about wow. to go, that's about to go final. Uh, that was a fine Inter- for Miami. Yeah, uh, Inter Miami. This is actually a pretty big game for the Revolution if they want to stay in a playoff spot. Uh, Inter Miami right now is leading Toronto FC two to one. So hmm. Toronto, if Toronto loses, that keeps them behind New England, which is uh, very important because New England right now, I believe, is in the number six seed. No, they're in the number seven seed now. Wait, actually, no, they may have just fallen out because when Cincinnati this officially, yeah, it counts as final, so wait a minute. Okay, so New England right now, because of their loss, is in a three-way tie for the sixth and seventh seeds between themselves, the Columbus crew, and uh, FC Cincinnati right now. So Mm. it is a dogfight right now in the Eastern Conference for that final playoffs, for those final two playoff spots. Uh, Let's see. One other game that is still going on, we have Minnesota with a 2-1 lead right now over Austin we have in the 22nd minute, the Colorado Rapids and the Houston Dynamo are scoreless. And games that are set to tip off or set to kick off in about 30 minutes, we have uh, Real Salt Lake and Vancouver FC and San Jose and LA FC set to kick off at 10 p.m. Eastern. So those games uh, are going to be ones to, uh, to keep an eye on for Major League Soccer fans. So the current rankings as they are, obviously there are games that are still in progress. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, the top seven seeds, you have the Philadelphia Union up top, followed by Montreal. Although Montreal is now closing in on them, I believe they are now just two points behind the Philadelphia Union. Although actually no that might that might stay at five because they haven't updated the final score yet for Philadelphia, so right yeah I Real think true. that stays I think that stays at a five point deficit because both teams ended up winning uh, New York City FC is in third with forty two points. the Red Ooh. Bulls are right behind them in fourth with forty one uh, you have Inter Miami with thirty six in the number five seed. And Columbus, New England, and Cincinnati are all tied for the 6th and 7th seed with 34 points, respectively. Uh, The two closest teams on the outside looking in, Orlando City uh, with 33, and Charlotte FC with 32. Over in the Western Conference, uh, although I should I should say though, if Toronto does end up coming back and winning, uh, they will pretty much jump right back into the pack with those three with those three points if they can somehow come from behind and win uh, with still time remaining here. Uh, in the Western Conference, they are led by LAFC in first with 57 points, a very comfortable lead over Austin with 48. Uh, Dallas with 42, Minnesota with 41, Real Salt Lake with 37, L.A. with 34, and Seattle with 33. They are tied, actually, Mm. in a three-way tie between – or a four-way tie, I'm sorry, between Vancouver, Nashville, and Portland, all with 33 points. So, it's a dogfight for the number seven seed in the Western Conference. And as far as the Supporters' Shield standing goes, looks like currently LAFC is running away with it, six points ahead of Philadelphia, but there's still some games remaining. Anything can happen, but right now it looks like LAFC is in the driver's seat to take home the Supporters' Shield this year. Uh, Let's We do have a story straight from TMZ uh, involving Akib Talib. I don't know if you've heard of this, Lou. If you heard about this, Uh, Akib Talib's brother Yaqub Talib was a wanted man in Texas this week after being wanted for murder, apparently. Uh, as he was, he was reportedly involved in a fatal shooting at a youth football game. It says here, uh, the Lancaster Police Department fired off an announcement on Sunday, saying that they were looking for Yakub Talib in connection to the death of an adult male last. Saturday, who was shot and killed during an argument at the conclusion of a match that the parents were angry about. Uh, the man is said to be a coach for one of the teams, and there's a name circulating online. It ended up, uh, he ended up succumbing to his injuries, which police have said was a direct result of a discharged firearm. Now, supposedly, Akib Klaib was also at the same game as well. Yeah. So he was a witness to this. And I don't know, he could potentially be an accessory. Uh, he could potentially be seen as an accessory to murder, potentially. Uh, however, uh, his brother did turn himself in, um to Dallas County Jail as of 10 a.m. Pacific time on the 14th or 15th, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not known, though, if a key to is being looked at at all. So that's definitely, uh, it's definitely very shocking for you know, for uh, for people to uh, to see here. And you know what? Going back to the Browns, real quick here, uh, Lou. It looks like their ex-general manager Michael Lombardi is actually putting out a plea to Cleveland to
2: acquire Jimmy
1: Garoppolo.
2: Here we go again with Garoppolo.
1: As it says here, he knows it's a little bit of a disruption, but you can go get Garoppolo and save your season. Now, Brown's executives have said that the move isn't happening, and they're content to have Jacoby Brissett fill in for Watson for the next few months. Uh, But Lombardi apparently believes that that's a mistake. As he said, the offense being run in Cleveland is the same terminology as the offense in San Francisco." Garoppolo could walk into Cleveland tomorrow and within about a week he would be able to execute their offense. And with Garoppolo set to become a free agent at the end of the year, Lombardi described the move as a no lose situation. Uh, he even said, This notion that Deshaun is just going to come back in week thirteen and all of a sudden magically score, four touchdown throw four touchdown passes and dominate the NFL. That's unrealistic. That's not even remotely accurate. And, of course, with the season, start, you know, the, this brings up an interesting uh, question here, Lou. With, with the season starting in a couple of weeks, yeah. would Garoppolo be a better option than Brissett?
2: Well, Garoppolo, you're never going to tell with. You know, I'm not sure yeah. of Garoppolo. I mean, the
1: question is, first off, whether or not he's even able to stay
2: healthy. I don't think so. And,
1: obviously, you know, the, the big thing as well would be, okay, well, what would we have to give up in order to acquire Garofalo? Mm. Because, I mean, they already gave up quite a ton in order just to get Deshaun Watson to begin with. But if you take a look at Garofalo's record, I mean, he has during his time with San Francisco, he has a 31 and 14 record in the regular season. He has a 4 and 2 career record in the playoffs. I mean, in my opinion, it would probably be worth the gamble. He has 65 career touchdowns and 38 picks with San Francisco. I think it would definitely be worth it because uh, this is a guy who took San Francisco to a Super Bowl, and they were on the cusp of potentially, of potentially winning the Super Bowl for the first time since Steve Young.
2: A long time ago.
1: You know, I I don't think it would be such a bad idea. No. I mean, if, I'm, if I'm being honest here, you know, I mean, who would you rather, if you knew Garoppolo was going to stay healthy, who would you rather have? Would you rather have Brissett or would you rather have Garoppolo?
2: I think I take my chances with Brissett.
1: You would say you would stick with Brissette?
2: Yes. How come?
1: How, how come? Why would you? Yeah, uh...
2: no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not sold on Garoppolo. I mean, you know, he's kind of. You know, I think he's I think he's washed up. No, I really do not would yeah, not I w I wouldn't I wouldn't but I wouldn't put my money on Garoppolo at all.
1: I mean he has been injury prone the past two years. He he only played no, in six four. games in twenty 2020, twenty and twenty twenty one he missed a game last year due to uh due to injury as well. Uh Although he did, they said he did play through the playoffs with uh, with multiple injuries too. He had like a broken finger. He had a I think they said he had a puncture. He had a uh, a cracked rib or something. And he and yeah, he was still playing. So, I mean, that was. I wouldn't be opposed to it. You know, if I was a Cleveland fan, I wouldn't be opposed to a move for Garoppolo, but you know there's always there's always that question as to whether or not he would be able to stay healthy. Mhm. But at the same time though, considering considering the losses that that offense has had over the over the past year, you know, they no longer have uh, uh Landry, they don't have Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, it mm-hmm. And, and and now they're also at odds apparently with Kareem Hunt. You know Kareem Hunt uh requested attempted to request a trade. It, it's uh, there there's so much dysfunction right now in the in the Cleveland uh in the Cleveland locker room. It, it kind of makes you wonder would, would a change would, would any addition even help that squad? Let, let me bring in Alex. Uh, Alex, let's get, not. Your, let's get your thought on this. Uh, it's, it's, there was uh, the, 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 one of their one of the, the Cleveland Browns uh, former general managers, Michael Lombardi, brought up the idea of the Browns potentially acquiring Jimmy Garoppolo. In order to "quote unquote" save their season, with De- with Deshaun like Watson being on the shelf until week thirteen.
3: I like that idea.
1: You do?
0: Yeah. yeah
3: but why not? Then you have both of them. Then you can really slug it out. I mean, well, you're forced to. I mean, inevitably you have to play uh, Deshaun when he comes back. That's how they got this right. Right. The universe, the cap is to the roof.
1: Yeah, well, we we brought up the question uh, earlier. Would would they even play him if they're considering where they might be at week thir? Once week thirteen comes around, you know, if would would they even be would they even be in a contending spot? Because we took a, we took a look at the schedule and. If anything, we see maybe, we saw maybe one guaranteed win with two coin flips, being week one and week two against Carolina and the Jets. Otherwise, sure. you're, you're probably looking at losses the rest of the way for Cleveland.
3: Yeah, well, they're uh, do a defense. They have a very active, aggressive, huge defense. They they turnovers they can they can get by on like you know 17 14 wins if they have to for a few weeks I don't know if they can sustain it if they're 500 by the time 11 rolls around then they have a, a chance at whatever you know what I'm saying then they can go wild card me obviously if they're you know two and seven adios it, when he comes back you know they're you know five and five or five and one something like that then he can start he can jump in there.
2: But you know,
1: it's like the bi- the big question would be uh, you know, if they're not in a potential spot, should they potentially shut him down for the remainder of the year? Or would it be a no. good idea to still have him play and shake off the mm-hmm. rust? You just have to get more money than
3: anything. Gotta play it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I mean to be to be fair though, he is only making about a million dollars this year. He's not uh, only I mean, a million. Obviously, well, yeah, that's his base salary for this year, and then starting that, that's why when he originally was suspended for six games, he was only going to be fined about, uh, or he was only going to lose about three hundred and thirty-three thousand dollars, because it was about a third of his uh, a third of his salary for this year. Well, wow. interesting. So I, I, you know you know what Alex? What what are your thoughts on on him uh agreeing to an eleven game suspension and a fine of five million dollars? Who is this? I mean, do you do you think he should have been gone for the entire season or do you think eleven games is enough? Um, I think it's just enough. It's the bare minimum.
3: I mean he he's getting really ripped. He's at the Eagles uh co- you know, dual uh, training camp where they have both teams. Browns are playing with the Eagles for like four or five days. You know, teams you know, combo up, whatever. He's got everywhere. Yeah, it's worthless out there. He's got a long hill, a steep hill. I'm telling you, man. You, was he ever great or very good? Very good or great? Which one? Watson. Yeah.
1: I mean, Watson had great numbers, considering the team that he was on with Texas, with uh, with Houston. He had great numbers. the problem is is that he had shit receivers or he, he, he had shit receivers and all except maybe two years he had uh, he had shit defenders
0: okay
1: I mean you take a, you take a look at his stat, uh, his stat line uh, throughout his career so far he played four seasons for Houston and of course he was out. All of last year because of the uh, suspension, but he had a 28 yeah. and 25 record uh, with. And keep keep in mind, two of the seasons were 11 and five and 10 and five. Uh, his rookie season, he played seven games. He had a three and three record, and the last season that he actually played, I can get I guarantee you for a fact that he had an absolute shit team and yet he somehow put career-high numbers up. Uh, he had a 4-12 record. Uh, he set career highs in completions and, and pass attempts, as well as passing percentage uh, at 70.2% of his passes completed. Uh, for 4,823 yards, and 8.9 average, which, which was also a career high for him he had a career high in touchdowns with 33 and a career low in interceptions with seven uh, as well as a career high rating of 112 point4 so coming off of his last season with Houston he was pretty much he, he was he, he pretty much had the best season overall of his career although the record doesn't speak uh, doesn't you know the, re- the the record itself uh, says otherwise but uh, just his performance alone he had probably the best season of his entire career very true sure. so and he does have he yeah. does have three games of experience in the postseason he has a one and two record uh, with four four touchdowns and one pick uh, in two Uh, or in three postseason games. So he does have a postseason, you know, he's been in the postseason before. I think the big question is, when he does officially come back, are we going to see the Deshaun Watson, are we going to see anywhere close to the Deshaun Watson from 2020, who was setting Mm -hmm. those record numbers? For his for uh for his best overall season, because you got you got to think about it. He he'll have been out for over a year and a half. Once he comes back, Uh,
3: I will say yes. I will say yes. He has Amari Cooper. He has new weapons. He has a very very good line. Very good defense. Good situation
1: yeah i think i i i that's what i forgot he did have, he does have amari cooper now uh i think he could uh Next he'll up. definitely excel but i think the question is will Cleveland even be in a position for to where those performances will even matter yeah i mean it's gonna be late eleven All right, because it's an, it's entirely possible that you know he could they could be out of the playoff picture entirely by the time he yeah. uh, by the time he gets ready to uh, to come in. Uh, Elsewhere, uh, like 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 Lou mentioned earlier, uh, Zach Wilson apparently may be back earlier than expected. Uh, he did have a bone bruise and a meniscus tear in his right knee. Yes. Uh, he ended up having surgery uh, on on the knee. So apparently, the good news is it wasn't a complete tear; it was a partial tear. So. Uh, turns out they're not expecting him to be out longer than the two to four weeks. So maybe perhaps he may be able to return for week one, but uh, all indications are they're preparing to have Joe Flacco start week one. So I don't know. I, I think maybe perhaps you may see him week two. The, the thing to keep in mind though too Is bone bruises technically Linger don't they Yeah So I don't know if he may necessarily Be ready for week two Because He's already had his training camp uh, Cut short So he's not He's not really going to be prepared Potentially
0: Yeah,
3: I'll be right
1: back. Okay, Alex. Uh, so it's, you know, it's de- it's definitely questionable as far as to uh, yes. what his status will be for week one. But right now it sounds like it's probably going to be flat, though. Although, Lou, di- Lou, you did say earlier that Robert Salas said that he's progressing a lot better than expected.
2: Yes. Yeah, which surprised me as well. I mean, you know, usually those injuries uh, take like a few months, but he's going to be progressing. Right. uh My only thought. So, you know, maybe he might be able to play. I mean, I think it's a long shot, to be honest, you know, play in the first week or maybe in the second week. But, um, you know, eventually he'd be better. Because I'm not too confident on a Wacko Flacco either.
1: No, I wouldn't be. I, wa- I wouldn't be Good, too sure. confident. I'll put it that way, because uh, Flacco. You know, let, let's face it. The reason why he has a Super Bowl ring was because of that defense that year. Yeah. He's never been elite, no matter no matter what uh, no matter what people try uh, uh, no matter what narrative they try to put around his career. You've never included him in the same conversation as a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rogers, oh, no, you no, know and really he's well. just or not even the same conversation as Russell Wilson you know he's not in that conversation, so I don't know how people could be calling him a elite uh, maybe perhaps the better uh you know maybe the better comparison for Joe Flacco would be a Ryan Tannehill, maybe. Yeah. All right. Like to where, okay, he was a good quarterback, but at the same time, he wasn't the sole reason why, uh, you know, the Ravens won the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. By the way, Alex, you're, uh, you're back on. Oh, Okay. <laughs> So, uh, some other some other little bits uh, here from from, uh, from around the league. Uh, the sixth round tight end Andrew Ogletree from the Indianapolis Colts, who apparently was having a great training camp, uh, and he was set to be possibly their number one tight end heading into the year. He uh, officially suffered a torn ACL this past Wednesday and will miss the entire season uh, for the the rookie out of Youngstown State. Uh, he was making a lot of noise at Colts training camp, but now he will be spending his entire rookie season on injured reserve. And it looks like uh, Mo Ali Cox and Kylan Granson will be the two starting tight ends moving forward for the Indianapolis Colts. However, it does say here that Ogletree should be ready for a normal off season in
2: 2023.
1: Yeah. The Panthers, they have lost their center Bradley Bozeman to a high ankle sprain and he'll miss about two to three weeks. Uh, However, Coach Matt Rule said it's not just a high ankle sprain, and he's dealing with a little more than that. The timeline right now has been put at two to three weeks, but who knows, it could be extended potentially. Uh, In response, veteran Pat Elfline will likely open the season as the Panthers' starting center. And I can tell you where this injury probably happened. Probably took place. Hmm. During one of the two brawls that they had with the New England Patriots during joint practice oh, wow. this wow. past week, yeah, uh, there were fireworks coming out of uh, coming out of Gillette this past week, Alex. Yeah, with uh, I'll put it this way, from my understanding of it, it sounds like the Panthers, the Panthers, really instigated a lot of the uh a lot of the fight yes oh wow although there were there, there were uh exchanges basically there were uh and there were some answers by the patriots too but uh <laughs> in particular christian wilkerson he ended up getting carted off of the second day uh the second day of joint practices he was involved in the first fight during day one uh alongside kenny robinson uh who is a panthers defensive <laughs> back <laughs> and, and it, looks like it, really it looks like yeah i mean they're they're going at it either way but now it looks like kenny robinson he was involved in both days when it comes to the fight so it sounds like, from what, I've, uh, from what I've heard, it sounds like Robinson's spot on the Panthers' roster may potentially be in jeopardy uh, moving forward here because of what happened this past week. Uh, also involved were Kendrick Bourne of the New England Patriots, Uh, James Ferenc of the Patriots was also booted from uh, practice along with Phil Hoskins, the defensive tackle for the Panthers, who got into an altercation with Ferenc in the second fight of that day. Uh, Wilkerson in day two, he ended up getting carted off with a concussion after he got absolutely leveled by Kenny Robinson in practice. Uh, off of uh, nor, normally uh, kickoff returns are non-contact drills, and Robinson instead decided to just absolutely level him, and then he stood on top of him, basically like he stood he stood over him, looking down at him. Like normally that would be a unsportsmanlike uh, conduct uh, penalty in a regular game. Uh, there was also uh, a cheap shot to Christian McCaffrey in Bay oh, yeah. where McCaffrey ended up getting tripped up, basically, and uh, thrown out to the sidelines, which sparked another brawl. Uh, one of the brawls ended up uh, injuring a woman in the stands as it ended up spilling into oh, the yeah. stands. the the woman ended up getting uh ended up getting hit in her leg with a uh, player's uh, helmet
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh Beatrice Wise of the New England Patriots his helmet ended up landing on well not her leg on her foot actually uh oh, yeah. she ended up uh, she ended up waving off uh you know waving off any any medical attention uh Patriots though were very gracious towards her. They ended up uh giving her free tickets to a game uh later this season as a result of the incident. I'll try it
2: back as quick as I can, those Alright, Lou. Uh it
1: says yes, here that nice. uh you know, there were also there were also multiple Panthers who immediately went after Wise following the incident. Uh, I mean, you know, there, there's just no. I feel during joint practices, there's no room for any sort of fights like this, Alex. No. I mean, do, not. Doesn't it seem very? Doesn't it seem very unprofessional in a in an area where you're supposed to be basically preparing for the season and preparing to simulate, critical, you know, yeah. you know, get.
3: You're on the preparing center to stage get back into the game shape. Exactly, and you're on center stage. You're going against new guys, old guys, guys that came back to the team, undrafted rookies, everyone. You have to go full force. You kind of like the play, but the repercussions are not good. I mean, yes, yeah. divisive. I mean, not not the not the smartest play.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I understand. I understand that you know players are fighting for their for their uh, spot on the roster, and you know, I find this I find this strange. But apparently, uh, certain teams prefer to judge how players are going to do based off of uh, joint practices, as opposed to seeing them during actual preseason play which I find completely odd that they value the joint practices over what they actually do in the preseason. And I mean, now because of this, you have a, uh, you have an injured center for the, uh, for the Carolina Panthers and you have an injured receiver for the Patriots who normally uh, the past two seasons has been on their practice squad. And it really seemed before this injury, like he would have a legitimate shot of potentially making uh, the NFL roster to start the season. Now, who knows with this concussion? I mean, that could potentially put, depending on uh, how long he's in concussion protocol, You know he's probably going to miss the entire rest of the preseason, and of course potentially end up uh, end up on the shelf. Possibly, I mean the Patriots have already had to put uh, two cornerbacks, Malcolm Butler and Joe Juan Williams, on injured reserve. So. You know, it's it's just it's just going to get messier from here on out, pretty much. Uh, let's see some other little bits of information from around the league before we go into the NBA. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars they have released Malcolm Brown, their defensive tackle who started all 17 games last year. For Jacksonville, and he played a career-high 61% of the defensive snaps, recording a pair of sacks in those 17 games. Uh, he originally was the 32nd overall pick of the 2015 draft by the Patriots. So he has a couple of Super Bowl titles to his name, actually. Uh Let's see. According to Adam Schefter, there is apparently a real chance that the status of Alvin Kamara's felony battery case is not going to affect his ability this uh, upcoming season. As it says, in terms of the season, it looks more and more unlikely. His attorneys keep pushing out the case by the time that there's a resolution to it, uh, that by the time that there's uh, an actual resolution to it. The season may be very well underway, which will mean that it's going to be pretty hard to really suspend him or anything once season has officially started. Uh, let's see. And it, it says cameras lawyers have already post- postponed hearings a few times for him. And, A late-season suspension can't be ruled out, nor can the sudden appearance of a bad-looking video that somehow forces some sort of NFL action. But his availability does appear to be trending in a positive direction for the upcoming 2022 season. Uh, Let's see. Some trades that have taken place. The Titans acquired safety Tyree Gillespie from the Vegas Raiders in exchange for a conditional seventh round pick in 2024. Gillespie was taken in the fourth round of last year's draft out of Missouri, but the new regime in Vegas deemed him expendable. He appeared in 11 games as a rookie, but only 13 snaps came on defense with uh, pretty much the other 150 being on special teams. So basically he was mainly just a special teams guy during his entire career thus far. Uh, Also, Ken Walker, the running back for Seattle, apparently will undergo a procedure for his injury that he's currently dealing with. And he will miss the remainder of the preseason uh, Pete Carroll did say it is not a sports hernia or core muscle operation, but that's all that Carroll would basically indulge uh, in his typical vague ways that he uh, that he gives. Uh, he did say, though, that Walker, they are aiming for Walker to be back by week one, but it is a wait-and-see approach at this time. So for now, looks like Rashad Penny will be back in the driver's seat as Seattle's Premier running back uh, with Travis Homer and DJ Dallas picking up the slack behind Penny, and as well on passing downs. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, they claimed former Eagles wide receiver Travis Fulgham off of waivers from the Broncos. And Folgum, surprisingly, was one of the first five Broncos to be cut from their roster of 90 down to 85 players. And it's entirely possible that, you know, Fulgham may potentially stick with uh, with Green Bay. As uh, One thing I can tell you, Alex, uh, you know, speaking to certain friends of mine, they were pissed off from the get-go, the fact that the Eagles even let him go to begin with. Because it seemed like Fulgham was one of those receivers – was one of the more dependable receivers that they had on their roster. All right, well, what are your thoughts on that? With with Green Bay supposedly having some issues with their receivers to start off camp this year, uh, and Aaron Rodgers has actually been pretty vocal about – about his receiver's struggles. I mean at least this is a guy who has had uh who has had a history of at least being somewhat of a performer when he's been given a chance. Let
3: me autumn you know, getting dark out late late on a Sunday afternoon. Dark out, like in the Meadowlands or like in New York or uh Philly. Logan, yep. he would make he'll make the catch over the middle. Third and five, third and nine. He'll make the catch. Good hands. He'll get the first down. Reliable. Yeah.
1: Which, which makes it even more shocking.
3: A, yeah. It's, it's it's alarming that they landed him. I don't know how no, no one else wanted to take him. Eagles, not to sound bravado or uh, overly confident, but with the addition of uh, AJ Green, or sorry, AJ Brown, they had no, no more room.
1: Well, the Eagles—they uh, actually waived him back in August of last year, and then they reverted him to the, and then they reverted him to the practice squad uh, wow. before releasing him before releasing him from the practice squad at the beginning them. of October.
3: I always liked them a lot. I really did, I really do. I mean, hey, I hope he lights it up, man. I, that guy's a hard worker. He goes hard. I'll always be a, a yeah, fan of it. Yeah, it's
1: it's really weird because
3: he goes hard. You know,
1: this was an eagles this was an eagles team that was struggling to find hard uh, to find the uh, offensive help.
3: Oh, he was catching everything. He was reliable. He is reliable. What am I talking about? The guy's like what 20, 24, 25? He's he's like entering his prime.
1: Yeah, I have I, I I just I have no idea what Philly was even thinking. And also, not just that he's so basically ever since he left Philly, he's been he's bounced from Miami. Uh, he didn't last with Miami, and he signed with Denver in December of twenty twenty one and he only he only played uh week seventeen against the Chargers last year and he signed a futures contract with the Broncos in January and then he ended up getting released uh this past week.
3: Wow. Surprising. I mean I've always liked the guy. Hard worker. Very reliable hands. Like I said, third and short. He's the guy over the middle. I like receivers like that. Yeah, the guy would like
1: yeah,
3: Always come uh, up with like a great catch in the clutch. He's a money. Yeah, receiver. I'm
1: just I'm, I'm just I'm just stunned. You know, if anything, he is. I really hope that he does stay with Green Bay. That Green Bay uh, keeps him on their roster because. Uh that's perfect. you know, but the one thing that the one thing that he uh that Aaron Rodgers likes is he likes dependable receivers. You know, that's what he had yeah. with Devontae he's Adams. Perfect. He's perfect. Dude, he's perfect there. That's the perfect combo. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he had he had a dependable receiver with Devontae Adams and then all of a sudden Devon, you know, Devontae of course got traded to uh, to Vegas.
3: When did he sign so, there? When did he sign in Green Bay? When did he sign in Green Bay?
1: Um, wait, in Green Bay or in Vegas? Fulgham. Oh, Fulgham. Uh, They picked him up uh, two days ago. I
3: hope he's fixed there. I hope he stays there.
1: I hope so too, because I, you know, from from the uh, statements that have been made by Aaron Rodgers, he's not too happy with his receivers before this uh, move. <laughs> not at all.
3: Absolutely not. Not a huge fan of the current state of affairs.
1: Yeah, it's it's not an absolute fan. mess. You know, it it, it kind of <laughs> makes you wonder. It it kind of makes a, you wonder, Alex, why he even decided to stay.
3: <laughs> He's in the bleachers, taking photos of fans. He's in the bleachers. Yeah. What is he doing? What is he doing out there? Yeah, it's getting weird out there.
1: So I uh, I was just I was just uh, given this actually by one of my by one of my friends. So apparently, according to UFC president Dana White, uh, Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski reportedly had no. a deal to sign with Vegas back in 2020, but John Gruden apparently killed the deal at the last minute. And uh, the one thing I can say is Dana White would know about it because he is very tight with Vegas management. And not just Vegas, but also Tom Brady as well. He is very tight. Uh, He's like one of the, if if there's one of the people that would know. If there's one. He's in. (laughs) Yeah. if, If there's one of the people that would know about what's happening, it would be Dana White because uh you know UFC headquarters isn't that far away actually from from the uh stadium you know you're, you're just patrolling right away yeah so it's uh he said on uh the on the pre-show thing that they did uh UFC 278 with the Gronks. <laughs> Uh, that has Gronkowski's family and everything. Uh, Dana White actually claimed that he was behind a deal that would have sent Brady and Gronkowski to the Vegas Raiders as a package. Uh, and it was almost a done deal until Raiders coach John Gruden allegedly blew the deal up. Because uh, Gronk even says, I've also got another question for you. I know when Tom was a free agent about two or three years ago when he went to Tampa, you gave him a recruiting pitch on why he should join the Vegas Raiders. What went wrong with the, with the recruiting pitch you gave him? And uh, White ended up saying, you uh, like, uh, basically Gronk said, I could have been in Vegas with you for the last three years. And White said, you would have been. I worked to put that deal together for Brady and Gronk, come to the Raiders and it was almost a done deal and at the last minute Gruden blew the deal up and said he didn't want them and then all hell broke loose it was crazy Brady had already been looking at houses it wasn't being said yet that Gronk was coming so Vegas would have had Brady and Gronk the year that the Bucks won the Super Bowl but Gruden blew the deal up there is so much of a story that goes along with this behind the scenes. I was never going to tell that story until Gronk just said it. So uh, Gronk basically confirmed, and uh, Gronk said, and Dana, that is exactly what happened, and you just told the story. Uh, so Vegas literally almost had
3: the
1: yes. Villezvian. Of course. Yeah. But Vegas, Vegas could have had a, a, like a one-two punch for the next couple of years, uh, pretty much until Brady decides to retire.
3: Yep,
1: sign up. I mean, think about that. We, you know, for I think when, when did they move to Vegas? Was it twenty twenty? Yep. So in in their first year. They could have had a Super Bowl, a, a potential Super Bowl team. But instead, John Gruden didn't want to work with Brady and Gronk. Chucky. I mean, it it just seems crazy to me. It seems very crazy. Uh, let's see. We also have uh, the Chargers. They officially signed their franchise safety, Derwin James, to a four-year, $76.4 million contract extension through the 2026 season. The deal includes $42 million guaranteed, and it averages around $19.1 million per year and will officially make James the highest paid safety in league history. And he had been holding out at camp with uh, Coach Brandon Staley acknowledging that James wouldn't practice until his contract had been resolved. Uh, he's also on his way back from shoulder surgery to report or to repair a torn labrum. Uh, but the Chargers clearly at this point are not w- really worried about his recovery. Uh, and when healthy, though, he's been a standout defensive player, probably one of the best defensive players in all of uh in all of the NFL honestly uh so now for the ne- at a minimum he will be the anchor of that secondary for the next several seasons oh. all right uh going over to the NBA i I wanted to talk about this last week. I don't know why I didn't get to talking about it. Um, However, according to Mark Stein, there is a growing belief among teams that Kevin Durant is trying to manufacture (laughs) discord to force the Nets to train or to, to trade him. (laughs) And basically it says that Durant has Durant has been in this game long enough to know how to play the behind-the-scenes game, if that is what he's doing. There's been what? quite a few teams that have expressed interest in him, though the recent deal that sent Rudy Gobert to Minnesota has certainly inflated the market. And if the if the Nets seem desperate enough, which they might be to avoid an awkward training camp, then they may have to settle on the best offer available. No and. You don't you don't think he's moving?
3: Donovan Mitchell.
1: Well, I mean, I can definitely see Donovan Mitchell going to the Knicks. I know. George. Paul George. Paul George.
3: Brown? Hey,
1: I mean, uh, you know, the thing the thing with Mitchell though is that. Utah is demanding that the Knicks basically give up anywhere from seven to eight draft picks in the first uh, – seven to eight first-rounders.
3: Mitchell and Brunson. That'd be sick. That'd be a great backcourt. Mitchell and Brunson. Oh, I
1: know. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and it sounds like uh, – it sounds quickly. like one of the one of the pieces one of the pieces could be R.J. Barrett or Quentin Grimes from the sounds of it too. Um. Th- yeah, I keep hearing uh, R.J. Barrett.
3: Probably moving up. Yeah. You got to snatch him. It's 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 the it's the thing of, you can wait. He wants to go to New York, but if he goes somewhere and falls in love somewhere else, like Miami, you got to go out. You got to make the trade for him now. Can't wait a year. Yeah. Just...
1: Well, here's the thing, though. I think ultimately Miami wants Durant. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna settle for Mitchell because if they get, if they go and get Mitchell, they're not gonna be able to get Durant. Because in a Mitchell deal, you're probably gonna see Tyler Harrow. You're probably gonna see Duncan Robinson. You're probably gonna see maybe potentially uh, Bam Adebayo be included.
3: Imagine what you're seeing in the KD deal.
1: Bam. Oh, I know.
3: Um, these two other two players and two draft picks. But Bam and, Bam and Hero right away.
0: Yeah, it Those was the basically two the same. Kids, like,
3: they're, like, they're both like
1: 20 years old.
3: Two great young players. Yeah.
1: It would basically be the same. Uh, you'd be looking essentially at the same package from Miami, whether it's Durant or it's Mitchell. From the sounds of it, 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 so it if was pro- Miami
0: wants
3: Durant, they're getting gutted. They're getting gutted. Mark yeah. has to gut them. He has to have a huge deal. If if he gives Durant away, he better get a haul. Crush, you better crush a deal. I mean, that
1: is just well, I gotta, required. I, Durant signed I up for. T- it. Come on. Durant yeah, I, I, I
0: got.
3: It.
1: I got to tell you though. I got to tell you though, uh, the Nets may be forced to take less than what they want because Joe Tsai, the owner, has basically sided with management <laughs> over <laughs> siding with Durant. So. <laughs> Yeah, he put out he put out a legitimate statement over social media that basically said that he sides with the with uh he sides with the team. So he may be forcing Sean Marks to just get whatever you can for him. You know, if for example, Boston is offering Derek White, Jalen Brown Uh, and a couple of first-round picks. If that's the best offer, Marks may basically tell – or he may – Josiah may tell Marks, look, just take the deal. We're going to have to take less for him because now pretty much, uh, you know, we have no leverage. Sure. Good point. Because now he's basically made it well known to Durant that, look, I value the shot callers on this team over you. One of the uh, one of the talked about pieces in a potential Durant trade, uh, Robert Williams the third. If any deal were to be made with Boston, apparently Robert Williams is officially off of the. Uh, he's untouchable, basically along with uh, Jason Tatum, according to NBC Sports Boston. Uh, so it says that if Boston does trade for KD, they will want to keep as much of their team from last year as they can. There's no reason to trade for Durant at his age if they're not going to win a championship. Uh, the Williams would be key to their odds especially on the defensive end. as one of the best shot blockers in the league losing Williams would leave Boston with Al Horford and Grant Williams down low which i can tell you that uh that's not good i'll put it that way uh, it would be a significant uh, no, downgrade no, plan, no. No, yeah, plan, no it would be a significant it would be a significant downgrade you, you uh anybody who watched the playoffs this year would have seen how much better of a defense Boston had, especially around the rim, when Robert Williams was playing, even if he wasn't at a hundred percent. He was changing everything.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: however, though, yeah, you know uh, he's expected to be back with Boston this year, though, and he's looking to bring uh, top twenty value in terms of uh, in terms of starting centers. Uh, he looks to bring that same value that he brought to the team this past year. Uh, However, there's also a report by Christian Winfield of the New York Daily News that says that Kevin Durant could entertain the possibility of holding out if he is not traded by the beginning of training camp. And with there being no movement on the trade front after Durant originally made it known that he wants out of Brooklyn, Uh, He had met with Joe Sy last weekend, which uh, basically Durant had made it known that in order for him to stay, Steve Nash and Sean Marks would need to be fired. And that's when Sy decided to then throw his support behind both Marks and Nash. And now Durant, it says that he could hold out in order to force Brooklyn's hand. However, though, uh considering how little leverage he has, it says that such a move is considered to be highly unlikely to rush the nets into making a deal that doesn't meet their lofty demands. Okay. I what what are your thoughts, Alex, like if I kind of feel that it would set a pretty dangerous precedent if I had sided with Durant over Marks and Nash because him siding with Durant would basically tell other players, look, if you're, if you're disgruntled with your, uh, if you're disgruntled, you know, with your team, you could basically tell them, look, either trade me or fire uh, or fire the general manager and the head coach. I mean, it's, it seems kind of alarming that this could this could have potentially resulted long term in a in a sort of trend that we would start to see pop up around the league. Very
3: well could spiral to that. Just very mindful about uh, you know where it's going, what just happened, kind of monitor the overall situation.
1: yeah it it just seems it just seems very uh it, it' it seems like it would be a very uh volatile situation that we would uh that we would see take place basically to where it would set it would set a dangerous precedent that if somebody like durant can make that kind of uh you know make that kind of uh statement like that that maybe perhaps, you know, this could be why we're not seeing him get traded to Phoenix. Like he wanted to, like he originally wanted to be traded to Phoenix, uh, like Phoenix or bust basically. Uh, yeah. Phoenix apparently was his number one destination. And the problem is, is that, uh, Brooklyn they wanted Devin Booker in any deal for Kevin Durant and Phoenix basically laughed the future.
3: Grant's 34. Yeah,
1: exactly. He's, he's 34. I mean, granted he's playing at an elite level, but you don't know how long he's going to be playing at that level. Cause I mean, he has what four years remaining on his deal. You know, who really, who, who really is to say that if say Boston or Miami, were to acquire durant the uh, here's the, here's what i'll say the only way i would see boston even even entertaining the thought of bringing in durant jalen brown if they got a feeling that jalen brown wasn't going to resign in boston after the next 2 years if they felt that okay he's just you know he's been uh he's been hooking up with uh with uh what's his name Kanye West you know he's been hanging out with all these all these big people that are like dude you need to be making a name for yourself uh yeah. instead of playing second fiddle to Jalen or uh, to Jason Tatum in Boston you know he could very well Decide, you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna re-sign in Boston after my contract's up, and I want out. The only way—that's the only way I could see Boston trading for Durant. They could get such a great player for them.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Jalen Brown—they have to stay together for like three years. Come on, three years, three more years. I'm telling you, they just went to the finals. Come on, man, they got to go back. Let's go. They just signed, they signed Gallinari. What else did they sign? They signed another awesome, really good card. Gallinari. They I got love. Brogdon. They got Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon. Something to
1: Yeah, I don't see how getting, you know, how, how you get. The, okay, yeah. If they, get, if they got Malcolm Brogdon like they did a lot of people were figuring, okay, there has to be another move uh, Gallinari's in the making. Gallinari is awesome. Quality. Gallinari's
3: awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. Really good quality. Yeah, I love, I love the signing of Gallinari, but, you know, a lot of people felt like, okay, there has to be another move because we already have – we're already splitting time between Marcus Smart and Derek White. Where is, yeah. where you know, where where is Malcolm Brogdon going to fit in? Because okay, you put Malcolm Brogdon in there, but then where's the where where are the, the minutes gonna be for Peyton Pritchard? You know, Peyton Pritchard has basically been they're been, they've been trying to develop him into a potential uh uh you know, a potential sixth man uh later on later on into a uh into his career, you know, as he continues to develop and you know acquiring the likes of Brogdon now officially puts them as the number four point guard in that uh, in their depth chart so everybody's everybody was wondering, okay, so that means that either Marcus smart or Derek White is on their way out of here now from what's been rumored, apparently. Marcus Smart is one of the players that Kevin Durant supposedly wants to play with. Now, I don't know if this is something – if this is a story put out by Durant's camp to try and force a move. No. No. Or if it's a legitimate – you know, if if it's a legitimate story. But – uh, all indications are that Brooklyn would not do a deal unless Marcus Smart was part of the return, heading back to Brooklyn. It gets weird
3: every day.
1: Yeah, it's it, 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 it's it's really confusing uh, when it come, when it comes to Durant because and for the longest time. You know, for, yeah, and Kyrie. Oh, there's another thing uh, too to get into the Kyrie uh, talks here. Uh, so, the Kyrie situation with LA. Apparently, you know, obviously, there's been a standing offer on the table that in, that would include Kyrie and Russell Wilson or, or Russell Wilson, Russell Westbrook, basically swapping teams. Yeah, and it would also involve. Uh basically they've been trying to get LA to give up both of their first round picks of their of of their next two years of first round picks. And for the longest time LA has been resisting that and there's been a consistent battle within the front office. Uh Jeannie Buss I know has rejected a couple of offers, as has Phil Jackson. Uh, Phil Jackson has been kind of helping out a little bit uh, in the front office this offseason. And supposedly, just recently, L.A. has been willing to include that second first-round pick. And now, apparently... Uh, I mean, yeah, it's huge. So, basically, it would be the 2027 and 2029 first-round picks that would be headed to Brooklyn in the trade for Kyrie Irving, Uh, along with Russell Westbrook. That's huge. And the problem here is Brooklyn is now – apparently unwilling to take westbrook in any deal so
3: in any deal
1: yeah in any deal apparently they do not want westbrook period however the big question now is with la with la willing to put that's, both of the future first round problem. picks in play that's, a problem. that's a
3: problem. what was that alex that's that's the problem? Yeah. They cannot
0: Westbrook and
3: yeah, it's, it it's
1: a Westbrook. it's gonna be a pretty big problem in LA if they're if they're uh if they're not able to unload Westbrook and they're gonna to have to split time between him and Irving. It's uh I mean, they could they could just as easily, I guess, buy out West, but that would be a pretty big uh, set of uh, dead money that they would have to eat. Yeah. yeah. And also an update on Donovan Mitchell, by the way. Uh, according to the Athletics' Tony Jones, a Donovan Mitchell trade is supposedly not imminent, and the Jazz... Uh, could potentially carry him into the season. So it sounds like, if anything, if there is a Mitchell trade, uh, obviously the Knicks are still going to be in it regardless. But uh, it looks like, if anything, if he's likely to be traded, it could be at the deadline this year instead of so, before before training camp.
3: Knicks are playing fire. You got to get him now.
1: Yeah, I think it, I think it would be a mistake for uh, for for the Knicks to to wait until midway through the season. But I think their big thing is they do not want to give up seven first round picks that Utah is looking for.
3: Ange is absolutely out of his mind,
1: ludicrous. And, oh yeah, I could have told you that. He's basically he's trying to pull off uh, a Paul Pierce Kevin Garnett uh, type deal, like he did with the when he fleeced the Mets religious, religious. all those years ago. Yep. Yeah, it just uh, you got to be re- you got to be realistic and. Nine, uh, I, I, I will. I will say five, though. What is that? that it, I will say though, uh, what didn't help the mindset was the fact that he got four firsts and a pick swap for Rudy Gobert, so he got basically five first round picks for Rudy Gobert. So obviously that was gonna tr- that was gonna drive up the price for Donovan Mitchell because if Minnesota is stupid enough to give up that much for Gobert then what the hell is Mitchell going to get with Mitchell being the better player? And that in turn also drove up the price for Kevin Durant. Cause you know, Brooklyn sees what, uh, what Utah got for Gobert and say, well, shit, if go, if a player like Gobert got that much in return, then Durant should basically get an entire team's, uh, an entire team's draft stock. I it's just, honestly, it's very ridiculous. Just looking at, uh, looking at the exact, uh, the exact details that I'm seeing here when it comes to Mitchell. But, and I, I know one of my friends is, uh, is listening in on this and, uh, well, he's going to listen to it, I, I should say, uh, later on. And he's a, uh, you know, he's a Knicks fan himself. Uh, you know, but one thing. Go ahead.
3: I, I, I want to quickly uh, give me a, maybe a 12 seconds. They want to get him home, and then he wants to go to New York. They don't want to. The they only risk. They risk. Someone else scooping them up, like mine. Do you wait, or do you go and pay, like, all those ticks? What
1: would you do? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a tough choice. I mean, let me let me look real quick. Let me look real quick and see what his contract is. And you so, know, he's absolutely out of control
3: in Utah
1: yeah you know the thing the I'll say this right now the thing like I said earlier uh just a few minutes ago, the thing that doesn't help was the fact that he got so much in return for Rudy gobert that Minnesota decided to overpay like they did uh, so Mitchell's got four years left, and he'll be a free agent at the wow. uh at he'll be a free agent after the twenty twenty six season. So, is and, and the 2025 season is a player option. Plus, there's a 15% trade kicker. So, if he gets traded, he also gets an extra 15%. Whoa. You know he wants to
3: get New York so, from Westchester.
1: Yeah. Uh, here's the thing. I mean... The Knicks. You take a look at their draft picks, and really, how many how many picks have they really landed the last couple of years? I mean, you um, know, yeah, they landed they landed with Porzingis, uh, but how many have they really successfully landed the last couple not, of years?
3: Not nearly enough. Yeah. I would say I would say three out of ten. If you go to the last 10, you go to the last decade, the last 10 years, boom. From right now, to 10 years ago, look at those picks. Uh, maybe three, two. two. Yeah.
0: I don't
3: even if I had to go back through them. Maybe can be two hit, better
1: the last decade. I mean, I would probably take the risk. If if I'm a team like New York, and, okay, my first-round picks haven't panned out these last couple of years, and yet you can get a bona fide star like Mitchell, first I would try to drive the price down a little bit. Maybe drive the price down. Okay, maybe offer a couple of pick swaps in exchange for, you know, bona fide first-round picks. I would say maybe, okay, four first-round picks and a couple of pick swaps. So you would still technically have those first-round picks, but you would just be swapping with Utah, potentially. And I don't know if I would give up seven. I I guess, you know, maybe if Utah was firm and said no, you know, it's either – Either take it, or we'll just ship them off to uh, to the next team we have on our list. You know, if I if I had a feeling that if I didn't take the deal, that they would immediately just ship them off elsewhere, I would probably go for it if I was New York. Well, that's the thing, as you know, I mean, you have to judge
3: as a GM. You used to play poker a little bit, right? Yeah. What the other guys picking doesn't mean you might get him on a good night or a bad night There's different like ideas you know always going around it's uh
1: it's a it's a really difficult spot uh that the Knicks find themselves in because they must they must feel like they can somewhat contend with the current roster of guys that they have. I mean, they do have a disgruntled Julius Randle that they have to potentially get rid of. Absolutely. I think another thing, too, would be, okay, apart from those first-round picks, who else are we giving up in the deal? I mean, if we're giving up like Julius Randle, for example, say we give up Julius Randle as part of the deal because... He already wants out of New York, anyways. Then, okay, you know maybe that yeah. might not be such a bad move.
3: Guys don't want him. Apparently, yeah. guys don't want
1: Julius. Do that does not surprise me, honestly. Because uh, if there's one Go thing ahead. I know about Ainge, if there's one thing I know about Ainge, he doesn't want to deal with basket cases. That's why. That's why Boston never got. Uh, uh, Demarcus Cousins. When Demarcus Cousins was uh, was with Sacramento, Ange apparently, uh, you know, everybody kept saying, kept suggesting that Boston should go after Demarcus Cousins, and Boston was okay. never interested.
3: I like
1: him. I mean, I like I, I like I like Demarcus Cousins too. You know, he's he he definitely was he was one of those players who. Would have such a who could have such a huge impact on the court back when he was in his prime. The big problem, though, is you know his on the court his on the court antics. I mean, he led the league basically in technical fouls pretty much every year. Drunk uh, tantrums all the time. Yeah. Which would ultimately, you know, uh, I, f- I forget how many technicals you have to have, but uh, before you end up getting suspended, I think it's, like, 20 or something they said.
3: He has gone hard at the record the whole time. He was hitting
1: Yeah, it's just – so it, it doesn't surprise me that Ainge doesn't want Randall because – he's been known to not want to deal with basket cases around the league and specifically on his team. So I would say if anything, maybe perhaps they may have to include RJ Barrett in the deal as well. If they would want to, uh, if, the Knicks would want to try and get a deal done. I I do think though, that the biggest holdup is the amount of draft picks. So it's, it's definitely going to be, uh, it's definitely going to be something to continue following here because uh, we're going to have to see, obviously just exactly what's going to go on. Um, But from what it sounds like, it sounds like uh, they are expecting to continue carrying him uh, into the season on the Jazz roster. Wow. All right. uh, Some bits of news from the NHL. Uh, Calgary, the Calgary Flames, have officially traded center Sean Monahan along with a conditional 2025 first round pick to the Montreal Canadiens in exchange the Canadiens hang on so wait a minute i'm trying i i'm i'm kind of confused okay so the Canadi- the canadiens return it does not exactly show what the Canadians gave up uh, here for Monahan yet, but uh, it's a pretty huge deal, but it's mainly a salary cap it's a cap dump basically, so that the flames could then go and sign Nazam Kadri from the Stanley Cup winning champion uh Colorado Avalanche uh Monahan though has been wow. with the team since 2013. Uh, okay. He has basically he has basically one year left on his deal worth about six and 6.3 million dollars uh, from what it looks like here, I mean Monahan is is basically a dependable depth player, for, particularly on the defensive end, but he's no longer the offensive threat that he once was because of hip surgery. Uh oh, hold
3: on. Hold on. What did you say? One one year at six million? One year six million? Yeah.
1: Yep. All right. It was like six it was like six point three seven five million is what it says here. Interesting. That Monaghan had had on his deal remaining. I know him. He's a good player. Yeah. And that's what makes it even more surprising that they traded him away, uh, but apparently it's because the the reason why they did was so that they could they could clear cap space in order to bring in Nazem Kadri, who was who's coming off of a uh, Stanley Cup winning title with. Uh, with the Colorado avalanche and he put up 87 points this past year, uh, arguably his, his best year in the NHL so far throughout his career, Uh, 28 goals, 59 assists for 87 points. And he also had seven goals and eight assists in the playoffs for Colorado during their Stanley cup run. And actually he played uh, with a broken hand or, no, it wasn't a broken hand. It was a broken finger during the Stanley Cup Finals as well. From what it sounds like here. Uh, also, uh, I mean, Monahan this year, though, he had a major step back, though. Only eight goals, 15 assists, 23 points. Yeah. I mean, it kind of, I guess it kind of makes sense why uh, Calgary shipped him off. Uh, yeah. Lou, Lou, what are your what are your thoughts on the, on this uh, on this deal, Lou, for Calgary shipping off Sean Monahan? For uh, uh, so they shipped off Sean Monahan along with a conditional first round pick in twenty twenty five to right. Montreal in exchange for future considerations, and they did it so that they could then sign Nazem Kadri to a seven-year deal worth about, I think it was like 7 mil per year.
2: 7 mil a year, yeah. Exactly. So what, mm, uh, what are yeah, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that does seem kind of, you know, kind of strange, but, you know, yeah, hard, you know, I mean, he did have a horrible year, so I think it was, you know, the best thing to do was to trade him. Now, how the results are going to turn out, that's another story altogether yeah it's uh, so obviously year, i you
0: know,
1: mean uh, yeah i mean it could it could benefit it could benefit monahan, however, it's the big. problem is you know he hasn't he hasn't been the same type of player since his hip surgery though well so, sure that could be a kick a lot out of here I mean the last time he scored twenty goals was back in the twenty nineteen twenty twenty season then over the past two seasons he's had a total of 51 points, 18 goals, and 33 assists. So, uh, you know, since his hip surgery, his play has really declined as a yeah. member of the Can Calgary play. Flames. All the so I don't, I mean, I don't know if this is a change of scenery uh, that, that was necessary or no. if it's just, or if it's just, uh, Calgary didn't feel like you know we're paying this guy six point three million dollars. Yeah, and he's not producing like a first line center should.
2: Yeah, I think I'd go with that. You know, he's not he's not doing what he should. So I think maybe that was the the move right there. They're going to say, to help with it." Yeah.
1: So I mean, th- th- then they brought in a. Uh, you know, they bring, they bring in Nazem Kadri, who had arguably the best season of his career so far uh, yes. with Colorado last year, 87 points, and, of course, he won the Stanley Cup with Colorado uh, right. while playing injured, might I add. So Wow, play for the pain. Wow. Uh, well, yeah, he played with a broken finger, I think it was. It yeah. was either a broken finger or – I don't think he broke his hand. I think it was just a finger. Luckily I thought he broke. ended up uh
3: Welcome to the show.
1: But but anyways, it you know, it, it was just uh it, 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 it just seems like Calgary saw the opportunity, the fact that Kadri was still on the market and surprisingly nobody had signed him yet. Uh, Lou Lamarello yes. apparently was on the verge of signing him uh, for the Islanders, but that deal—that deal basically fell through. My understanding of it is that the deal fell yes. through, and Calgary swooped in. So it's—I uh, mean, may, maybe perhaps. Maybe perhaps the change of scenery will help Monaghan, but at the same time he's going to a last place team. So too that uh Montreal they may have uh Slavkovsky uh they they may have Slavkovsky play in the juniors this year. Yeah. As opposed to as opposed to starting in, in uh the NHL. So, I, so, I mean Huh? Yes. Right. Well, what's
3: that, Alex? No, I, I was saying the uh, the Flames have some, you know. Yeah. A solid amount. They, they have playmakers. have some players.
1: Yeah, I mean uh, the, the Flames definitely did. Uh, you know, th- they did upgrade here by bringing in Cadre over uh yes. over monahan uh you know i guess maybe perhaps the the big thing the big thing here is okay moving forward you know is this going to be a case of where monahan maybe regains the type of play that he had that he had uh given before his hip surgery maybe he'll be back to being you know the elite center that he once was Or is this basically, you know, you know, will it be a move that was necessary by Calgary? Yep. Mm. Right now, essentially, no one one knows. Yeah, no one knows. Uh, Speaking of hip surgery, uh, Vegas goaltender Robin Lehner is set to miss the entire season, the entire upcoming season with hip surgery. Uh, Lehner has been basically the starting goaltender for Vegas ever since uh, Marc-Andre Fleury got dealt. Uh, last year, he went 23-17-2 with a 2.83 goals against average and a 90.7 save percentage in 44 games with the Vegas Golden Knights. And the year before, actually – uh, he was 13-4 and four as Vegas' backup. Oh, wait, 13-4-2 as Vegas' backup. So it looks like Robin Lehner, now with him undergoing surgery, that means that they are now down to Laurent Brassot as their starter. Yikes. And he's on injured okay. reserve, I think.
3: Brissot uh, uh, last
1: uh, year. What was that? That's
3: uh, uh, Oh, The so right – Yeah. Yes. That's the bad call, though. Can't go to that guy.
1: Yeah, Brissot, he's, let me put it this way. Uh, he was 10, 9, and 3 before he got injured, as the backup for Vegas. So that is basically going to be their starter moving forward now that Robin Lehner is out for the year.
3: That's that's reassuring. Yeah,
1: it's – you you know, this is the problem. This is the problem that that, uh, you end up seeing when – when a team basically puts themselves into cap hell like the like vegas did, you know they yes. couldn't acquire they couldn't acquire somebody like philip Grubauer uh that they could have had last off season because Grubauer.
0: they had so many they had so
1: many uh big they had so many big contracts uh under uh you know under their uh under their uh what's it called the salary cap. That oh, yeah. 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 yeah there was there was just no there was just nothing left that they could uh that they could they couldn't That's, shell yeah. out big money basically uh elsewhere the Boston Bruins uh they have agreed to deals for one year apiece with both center Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci. Uh, Bergeron Bergeron returns with a $2.5 million base salary, and he can earn $2.5 million in incentives. Uh, okay. David Krejci, meanwhile, uh, Krejci will earn a $1 million base salary and $2 million worth of incentives. And here's the thing with incentives. Incentives don't count towards the salary cap. So technically – you can still fit these players within the salary cap as long as their base salary is a certain, is uh, allows you to fit them in the cap. Then you can, you can give them however amount, whatever amount of bonuses that you want to give them. Basically. So, uh, I mean, it's it's kind of hard to imagine seeing a top line center playing for only two and a half million dollars, because normally, especially a center who has won his record fifth selfie Trophy for the top two way a uh, top two way forward in the entire league, uh, sure. you know, he should easily be making around eight nine million dollars per year. But because he doesn't want to play elsewhere, uh, Bergeron has basically said, you know, I'll take one for the team and I'll basically, uh, you know, I'll play for whatever whatever amount you need to get me down to in order to fit me into the, uh, you know, into um, the salary cap. And essentially, you know, that's that's ultimately what ended up what ended up happening here.